1: Welcome to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Manny Buzunas. Busy next two hours. We're joined on this edition of Vancouver Consumer by Craig Skog, President and CEO of Olympia Trust on innovative investment strategies and how small and medium-sized businesses can raise private equity. And Angela Kella, accredited mortgage professional, host of The Mortgage Show on CKNW, and best-selling author of The Mortgage Code on how low interest rates can save you a heck of a lot of money with your mortgage. But first, good afternoon, grocery shoppers, and welcome to Rising Prices. According to a report out this week from Dalhousie University, the food inflation rate is expected to be much higher than the typical as high as 10 to 12% for the average consumer buying food. These ultra-high costs to the consumer are simply the passing on of higher costs to produce, process, and distribute. You wouldn't have thought car dealerships are considered an essential service, but they are. Anything to do with mobility and making sure health care and other frontline workers have transit or private vehicles operating properly. Dealerships were allowed to stay open to make sure you could get your car fixed. There are 400 new car and truck dealers in B.C. employing about 30,000 people. Dealers reported during the initial cause for alarm, empty showrooms. But with the gradual reopening, folks are drifting back in. Car sales are always a good sign of how an economy is doing, and a number of dealers suggest their business will come back sooner than later. Air Canada and WestJet, like all other airlines, have been hemorrhaging red during this crisis. Now, both have reopened their middle seats. The middle seat has been a persona non grata when the virus hit, but it was simply too costly to fly a plane without being able to sell that middle seat. In Richmond, bylaw officers, issued their first social distancing ticket after warning a basketball organizer several times that he could not play on a city-owned court That fell on deaf, and dumb ears. Bylaw was called and the ticket issued. Pay now $125. Pay later $175. And as you venture into the wilds of British Columbia this summer, remember that physical distancing also applies to the wild animals. Case in point, an elderly woman visiting Yellowstone Park this week thought she'd take a selfie with a bison. Bison are big, mean, aggressive, and very fast. So when Mrs. Toristo got a little too close, the bison charged, goring her several times. Airlifted to hospital, she is expected to live and hopefully learn. Along with Craig Skog, President CEO of Olympia Trust. Olympia Trust can be reached through their website, rspsmallbiz.ca, rspsmallbiz.ca, your first visit to Vancouver Consumer. Uh, Craig, tell us a, a little bit about yourself and uh, your company.
2: Well, uh, the company Olympia has been around for about uh, 25 years. We're Alberta-based with uh, a couple hundred employees. They have a, an office in downtown Vancouver as well. Uh, I've been with the company for just over 17 years. It was uh, founded by my Father about 25 years ago, and I took the reins. Uh, in the last four years, we uh, we really specialize in helping small and medium sized businesses in a number of different areas, particularly areas of uh, corporate finance and and, and uh, looking after their uh, communications and 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 uh, distributions with their their investors, and then a couple other products like small small business insurance products, health insurance products, and and they related. <laughs>
1: Well, tell us, it, what is the definition of a small to medium-sized business?
2: Well, there's, I mean, there's government definitions and then there's real definitions. Um, you know, really, we, we work with businesses from, you know, one- and two-person corporations right up to, you know, companies that have 500 employees. You know, we work with, we, we specialize in the smaller ones. You know, we work with companies that have 20 employers or 20 employees. We, special, we work with companies that have 50 employees. And I have been to those in the hundreds, but really we, we specialize in working with business people who aren't necessarily corporate finance people. We help make the world of securities and investments uh, accessible to the average entrepreneur.
1: Well, tell us how these entrepreneurs can raise money for their businesses without going through a major financial institution, instead utilizing your services at Olympia Trust. Well,
2: what we're here for today is to talk about RSPs. Um so what's not well known in the business community is that small businesses can access RSP investment dollars much the same way as large public companies can. So while ninety nine percent of people's RSPs are tied up in mutual funds and public company stocks, some of that money can be used to invest in their community in small businesses and private Canadian companies. So private Canadian companies can lawfully raise money and they can lawfully raise money from canadian RRSPs and tax-free savings accounts but they can't do it without a financial institution that's friendly to those in, uh to those size businesses so if somebody wanted to invest in a private company with their rsp they could do it but they couldn't go to rbc or one of the big five banks and do it they need a specialized trust company which is what olympia is
1: so the process is i want to invest in uh, my cousin's business i've got some rsp dough I notify the financial institution where that RSP is and I get them to send you that money.
2: Yeah, I'm, I mean there's there, there's there's more to it than that. I mean the gist of it is that you would um you know notify you'd open an account with Olympia, you notify, you know whatever wherever you, your financial institution had your money, you notify them that I want to move X amount of dollars to Olympia to invest in, you don't know, need somewhere you want to invest in. You just want to move it. Uh, and once you get to Olympia, then you'd instruct us to invest uh, the money into your cousins uh, into your cousin's company, fill out some legal paperwork, and next thing you know, the money is deposited in your uh, cousin's company's bank account.
1: Now, am I am I buying shares, or am I buying some hard assets, or uh, a little bit of both, uh, if possible?
2: Typically, you're buying shares. Um, uh, you know, the the shares of Canadian private companies are RSP eligible. Um, and that's that's the purpose of the, the call today it's just what kind of share you're buying so there's different kind of shares you could invest in the common shares which is you're along for the ride you know good bad or otherwise uh, or you could buy something called a preferred share which closer resembles that in the sense that you get a uh, fixed return typically you will know, five six percent and then you're locked in for a A specified time period, call it three years, after which you have the right to get your money out and redeem, whereas a common share you're in for the long term and you don't necessarily have any line of sight as to how and when you might get out or for what price.
1: All right. We encourage you, if uh, you've got some RSP money, you're not quite sure what that money is doing in your big financial institution, Uh, there might be another avenue for you to pursue, and that would be Olympia Trust. Craig Skog, President, CEO of Olympia Trust, joining us on this edition of Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. How do you reach Craig and his 200 employees and what they do? Very simply go to the website rspsmallbiz.ca, rspsmallbiz.ca. Any tax ramifications, Craig, to moving around this money?
2: No, if you're moving from one RSP at one financial institution to another, there's no tax ramifications for you. If you deregister your RSP, that's a different story, but that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about, it's no different than moving it from RBC to, say, Sun Life. Uh, It's just you're moving it from one institution to Olympia Trust to do something a little bit novel with it. So you're not deregistering it, so there's no tax
1: complications. I would think most of us, you're, you know, yours truly included, uh, we don't know where a lot of our investments inside our RSPs are, in fact, reinvested. And uh, that can give you a little cause for concern. If you're going to have an investment, you got to know what it's invested in.
2: Yeah. I mean, we, that's a common problem, I think, across the country. There's a certain lack of financial literacy. People are just blindly trust where they put their money. So, We've heard people say they don't play the stock market, they invest in mutual funds. Well, if you're invested in mutual funds, you likely are playing the stock market. You just don't know it. So, yeah, people stock their money away in an RSP, but that isn't where it ends. What's the RSP invested in? So that's kind of this is maybe nobody should take all their money and do this, but maybe take a portion of it and invest it in a local business.
1: So you want to keep it relatively low risk. Uh, You're suggesting, you know, you you don't put all your eggs in one basket. I think that's pretty good advice. Craig Skog, President, CEO, Olympia Trust. Olympia Trust can be reached through their website, rspsmallbiz.ca. rspsmallbiz.ca. Well, Craig, uh, if... I'm a struggling entrepreneur during this COVID crisis and I need some money. Uh, this appears to be a pretty good strategy to raise that money.
2: Well, it's an unknown strategy, right? Like the, the Income Tax Act has allowed for this for decades and so have securities rules, but it's just one that a lot of law entrepreneurs know about. You know, RSP money is by definition patient money. People in their 30s and 40s aren't looking to retire anytime soon, so they may have some patience for that money to work in a business instead of immediately providing a return so it's a place where they can look there's more canadian money in rsps than anywhere else you know it estimates uh, pre covid there was a trillion dollars in canadian rsps and i would bet a fraction of one percent of it is in small private canadian companies and and hopefully with getting this information out there more of it will find its way there
1: well, if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW, we suggest you go to the website rspsmallbiz.ca. rspsmallbiz.ca, Craig Skog, President CEO of Olympia Trust. Craig, the markets have been volatile, to say the least, with COVID. Uh, does what Olympia Trust does offer a better night's sleep, do you think, for investors in terms of where the money could be going? I know it's dependent on the small business entrepreneur uh, who's actually taking the money, but is there some level of comfort I might have?
2: Um, I think some investors love investing in private companies because it doesn't have the inherent volatility that they see on a day-to-day basis when they look at their iPhone. Having said that, investing in private companies is very much like investing in public companies in the sense that there's good ones and there's bad ones. So, Some people sleep well knowing that they have liquidity investing in the public markets. If a stock's not performing well, they can get out. Whereas if you're in a private company, you're kind of along for the ride. But that's why, you know, a lot of advisors promote diversification. Having some of your eggs in a basket that doesn't move up and down with the the thumbs of uh, a president south of the border. And then, uh, you know, having some that they can, you know, cash out uh, when they need to. So uh, it's a bit of a mixed bag. And, and, you know, I think most good advisors promote a lot of diversification in a portfolio, and that includes diversification away from a wholly public portfolio. So I think there's there's lots, good, there's lots of good private entities out there, and I encourage people to take a look at some of them.
1: Do you think with COVID, Craig, there is, I guess we could call it sort of an inherent fear now of how small and medium-sized businesses are going to do in the mid to long term, uh, you know, we're seeing businesses reopen, they're gaining some traction, but it's uh, it's still very uncertain. How does that change the way investors uh, should be thinking?
2: I think, you know, what we're seeing now more than anything is industry-specific issues more than public versus private. I mean, a private bike shop would be about the best place you could have put your money in the last six months. Um, you know, I, I think, what most small businesses lack that big companies have is working capital. And that's where a lot of this money can be useful. I think as long as people are patient, uh, you know, a prudent business person is going to find their way through this. People are eventually going to go back to restaurants and they're going to be filled to a hundred percent capacity. It's just giving that entrepreneur who's invested their life into a business a bit of cash to get them through this temporary lull. Um, But people need to have their eyes wide open. I mean, as we've seen with COVID, scenarios pop up that can't be contemplated. So wherever you invest, you need to be comfortable that the business itself has the resources to weather the storm. And that's the point here is to get some of those business businesses the resources they need at this particular moment in time. Um, you know, these rules are typically used by startup companies, and we're getting the information out there now for those on for those existing businesses that you know the. Help from the federal government isn't going to be enough to get them through the next six to twelve months. So hopefully, uh, you know, accessing the RSPs from their friends and family and business partners will will get them through to the uh, to the other side of this thing.
1: So you're suggesting then that if I'm a small business owner, say I've got the bike shop and business has been really good, so I need to expand. I now need some money, so I go to my friends and family and say, "Look, I'm expanding my already busy business." Uh, Do you want to invest some money? How does that conversation generally go, or have I pretty much covered it?
2: you got a lot of it. Um, I mean, it's really, you know, things are going good. I'm looking to expand, but I don't have enough to do that. I need, you know, an injection of some capital. You know what my business is because you are my cousin or whoever it may be. So do you want to invest in my new bike shop or in my overall enterprise? You know, I don't want to take your money forever. I want to borrow it for three years. Those are kind of the conversations that to have. It's going to be different for every entrepreneur and depending on who they're approaching. Um, you know, they shouldn't be approaching this as though they're a financial advisor because they're not licensed to provide that advice. It's simply, I'm growing my business, I'm starting a business, I'm saving my business and I need some money. Do you have any you'd like to invest? And here's the information I can give you on the business. Then the person is kind of a bit of a take it or leave it. This isn't a, an aggressive sales approach. This isn't a financial planning conversation. It's, I have a business. I'm raising money. Are you interested? And here's what I can tell you about it. And it's, you know, obviously the, the nature of these rules are you taking, you're taking you taking money from people that are close to you. So you need to have an honest conversation about the possible outcomes of, of taking their capital in the first place.
1: Well, I don't think a, a, a whole lot of entrepreneurs uh, would necessarily know about this website uh, that Olympia is uh, part of. Uh, rspsmallbiz.ca. It's an excellent uh, resource for entrepreneurs who are looking to raise some money. And, you know, you you want to get back on your feet to, you know, post-pandemic. And you want to come back in a really good way. And there are so many businesses here in the lower mainland who are expanding their patios, for example, need some extra money for extra furniture and bringing back staff and, you know, paying a little bit more money for people to come back to work. I mean, there's no shortage of the need for money. So if you are an entrepreneur... Uh, There is money available, rspsmallbiz.ca, rspsmallbiz.ca. Craig Skog, President, CEO of Olympia Trust. If you are an entrepreneur looking to uh, raise a little capital, as in money, rspsmallbiz.ca, rspsmallbiz.ca. Craig's uh, joining us this weekend on Vancouver Consumer to talk about how businesses, I think, Craig, are going to have to take a serious look if, well, they already are, uh, resetting, adapting to the new normal of doing business. Yeah, it's pretty hard to
2: find a business that's been untouched by this. You know, some businesses have been hurt worse than others, but everybody's had a chance here to look at the way they were running and, and what worked and what didn't, and, and what may have worked before may not work now. So, you know, a restaurant may have to work on more of a takeout model. Um how do you adapt to that, right? Do you have a pickup window? How do you pay for all of this stuff? You know, businesses going to an online distribution model, the economics of that are totally different than a storefront. Businesses still have to pay their leases, whether they have customers, whether they have the foot traffic or not. So the idea here is just to show them a different place where they can maybe find that money they need to adapt or, or, or get through through a lull. And it's not necessarily you're taking on partners and shareholders forever. But, uh, you know, like I said, there's ways that you can access people's RSPs for a pure an interim period, you know, call it three years, uh, which is maybe all you need. Maybe you need it for less than that. Uh, there's lots of flexible ways that, that these tools that we've put out to the public can work.
1: Well, we want you to check out those tools, and it's really easy to do if you're an entrepreneur. Check out the website rspsmallbiz.ca, rspsmallbiz.ca. The other thing, Craig, is that uh, at some point, uh, federal government subsidies and assistance is going to either run out or they'll continue to print money, which in of itself is going to put us into deeper debt and deficit. But uh, the the government handouts to small and medium-sized business will end at some point.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think there's some businesses that are probably have a, uh, a sense of security right now because there's been some assistance provided to them whether it's through wage subsidies um, you know rent relief programs or, or just grants but that's all going to end the government knows that eventually there comes a point where they can't support everybody so what happens then that that security blanket that's there today isn't going to be there at the end of summer so what do you do then you know most entrepreneurs probably, know about accessing their line of credit and not a lot of other sources of capital. So you have to probably go raise money, go bootstrap and raise a little bit of dough. You may not know how to do that. And, you know, hiring a, a lawyer without any idea, uh, you know, lots of lawyers and, and accountants don't particularly know this area of law. So we've tried to create a, a tool where the business person can understand with some resources, sample type of documents that they can then go to their to a lawyer or an accountant and have a pretty good foothold of what they're looking to do instead of starting from scratch because the reality is for a lot of businesses you're going to be given one choice go raise some dough or close your doors so if you're going to go raise some dough know all the places you can get it and the biggest places are SPs and tax-free savings accounts it's not rocket science to do this and we provided the tools so that it's not intimidating to the business person.
1: Well, I would think too, Craig. Uh, I mean, I'm not an expert in financial institutions, but I would think borrowing money from a big financial institution today would be pretty tough if I was a small business uh, person. I, I just don't think that there's any great rush to be loaning out money, given what we're going through.
2: I think I think credit's going to be harder to get than ever than ever before. Um, you know, I, I think you're really going to come down on personal guarantees more than anything which is again where a lot of the government money is tied to as well uh, and and yeah i think nine out of ten businesses aren't going to get the money that they're looking for from the banks banks are risk averse so the idea here is going out to the broader community uh, you know still relatively tight-knit circle to you and and finding the money there um because it's you can try the bank you know and you'd probably like their interest rate better than what you'd have to pay an investor but you're probably going to get told no. The only types of businesses they're probably going to be granting to are the very businesses that don't need the loan in the first place.
1: Well, you've been in the business a long time, family-run business, 25 years. You took over the helm five, seven years ago. Craig Skog, president CEO, Olympia Trust. Again, if you're an entrepreneur looking to raise some money, uh, to reset during the new normal, rspsmallbiz.ca, rspsmallbiz.ca. Craig, give us a, an example or more of small to medium-sized businesses uh, recently that have gone this particular route.
2: Well, I mean, one that comes out to mind, a recent one, was a local uh, group that wanted to start their own microbrewery, uh, but with an attached bar and restaurant. And they did. They raised a couple million dollars through Olympia, uh, you know, worked through the stages of getting their permits and approvals from their local municipality, and uh, probably were on their way to opening when COVID hit. But they they got patient money. You know, the the bank's not squeezing them because they didn't raise their money from a bank. They raised it from a small group, so um, they they successfully raised probably two and a half million dollars. We've seen companies. You know, we've seen very small companies raise one hundred fifty thousand, two hundred thousand dollars. It works at that level, um, and we've seen companies raise millions you know um restaurants retail stores the the way the rules work is that business a private company can access rsps if they're in what's called an active business so as long as they're actively um using actively in a business where they're selling things or doing things they're not just buying things to hold it for an appreciation in value or owning things for for rent or inventory um the, the rules work for them. So you name the business, we've seen it. We've helped hundreds of companies over the years, uh, you know, working through transactions that the bank wouldn't do, and, and hopefully we will help hundreds of more.
1: What about a startup business, a business that ha- hasn't actually opened the doors yet, but, I, boy, I've got a great idea?
2: Truth be told, most of the businesses we've worked with over the years happened in the startup phase. Um, this has been the seed capital that they've raised um i And I think that thats you know once a business usually historically when a business is established and has cash flows um you know they don't typically need to raise that kind of uh, initial equity you know they're they're off to the races now we see those businesses that typically maybe they had working capital three months ago, but it's dried up, so now they need to go and do the things that they maybe did originally at a startup phase so now I think is a time that a lot of businesses that maybe have been around for 10 or 15 years and families put all of their money into a business and they're not sure how they're going to get through the next six months. This is a time where those existing businesses need to go raise money. But we've seen people use it for startups. We've seen people use it for existing businesses to a lesser extent. And right now I think you're going to see businesses that are established trying to use these tools to, to keep on going and, and live to fight another day.
1: Well, find out more about these tools that uh, Craig is talking about if you're a small to medium-sized business and you're looking to raise some money. Uh, rspsmallbiz.ca rspsmallbiz.ca Craig Skog, President, CEO, Olympia Trust. Craig, i got a lot of friends uh, who are small business people, and I have seen them really suffer over the last uh, two or three months. Uh, they've got landlords who have been Uh, not the best in terms of understanding. Uh, They've got ongoing costs, despite the fact that many of them closed their doors. I mean, the costs still continue, Uh, albeit maybe your hydro bill is a little bit lower, but that's really uh, pennies on the dollar when we talk about overall costs of running a business. So when we talk about, you know, getting back up and getting going, a a lot of these small to medium-sized business people have lost a lot of money over the last three months and now have to get some money back. So I would take it this would be an ideal opportunity to check into some of these strategies.
2: Yeah. I mean, we all got hit with the right hook that we didn't see coming. Um, And probably your business is worth less than it was worth three or four months ago, but it doesn't mean it's not worth anything. And and, and the rules allow you to go out and, and raise money, you know, for whatever that reason may be. Um, you know, I mean, there's think of a local business in your community that clearly they spent millions of dollars in, into it over the years. And they've historically uh, been very successful, but they've hit a lull. Uh, you know, they say whatever the stats are, 90 percent of small businesses fail in their first year. I don't think that's because it's inherently bad entrepreneurs running them. That's obviously the case sometimes. Maybe they miss the market. But I think a lot of times. It's just that, like a lot of people in this country, businesses don't have a rainy day fund. So, Or if they do, it wasn't built for uh, a storm like the one that we've seen. So for a lot of businesses, they just need to reestablish that uh, working capital that they've historically had, and, and hopefully this is a way to get them there.
1: Well, it's an ideal opportunity, I know, for many small and medium-sized business uh, folks who have run into really difficult times over the last three months. Uh, really, we we feel for you. We're doing our best to support you, uh, local businesses, for sure. Uh, but this is a way to painlessly raise money without going and or depending on uh, the federal government to keep you afloat because that money is going to stop at some point. RSPSmallbiz.ca. RSPSmallbiz.ca. Craig Skog, President, CEO, Olympia Trust. Again, if you're an entrepreneur looking to raise some money, rspsmallbiz.ca. What are some of the legal ramifications? And I know you're not a lawyer, at least you don't play one on the radio, uh, Craig, but what are some of the legal ramifications? And I guess you do need a lawyer to draw up documents because just like a marriage, uh, there has to be a legal mechanism to get into an agreement and a legal mechanism to get out of an agreement. So when you're a small entrepreneur, small business person, and you're raising money from friends and family. Uh, I take it that you would suggest going to a lawyer to drop some kind of mechanism.
2: Yeah, I mean, you need a purchase agreement where they're agreeing to buy shares. And if there's terms attached to those shares, what they are. And, you know, there's certain information that you as an investor may want to get. Um, we've put sample subscription documents on the website. Um, but by all means, every every entrepreneur should be hiring a lawyer. And perhaps an accountant, you're going to need to have subscription documents and you're going to need to provide Olympia an opinion letter that confirms that your shares are RSP eligible. So we have some contacts on the website uh, that are um, uh, mostly Alberta based. So if there's any Vancouver lawyers or accountants that want to be on the website, give us a give us a ring. Um, But they're specialized in this area of law. Not every lawyer knows these rules. Not every accountant knows these rules. You're going to need to find one who does, or you're going to need to familiarize them through the website. In terms of ramifications, I mean, it's uh, you know, you. It's more that your people are buying shares. It's the terms and conditions associated with them, and, and there's legal ramifications if you don't abide by those terms and conditions that you set out. Obviously, the business owner shouldn't be making representations to the people investing in terms of guarantees, this, that, or the other. But that's why I encourage people to. You know, there's, there's rules beyond what's on our website, um, so I, I encourage every entrepreneur. We're, we're giving them a good head start to what we have on the website, but they should retain some competent counsel if they're looking to go raise some dough.
1: Well, the other thing, uh, you know, if I was a small business person and I was raising money from friends and family through this particular strategy, one of the things I'd want written in the contract is, uh, you don't really have a say in the business. I don't want Nosy Rosie poking her head into my bike shop and telling me to rearrange my uh, floor plan <laughs> every couple of days. Uh, and that can happen. I, I know you've uh, you've told stories of that before. You've got to be crystal clear about who's running the business with any sort of legal uh, document. Craig, it's been a real pleasure talking with you. Craig Skog, President CEO of Olympia Trust. Again, if you're an entrepreneur, uh, we suggest you go to the website uh, for some interesting strategies on how how to raise money, rspsmallbiz.ca, rspsmallbiz.ca. You're listening to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Manny Bazunas, back in a moment. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Manny Bazunas. Time now for another edition of Ask Andrew, Andrew Ferrara, executive producer, Vancouver Consumer. Are you a big donor of things, Andrew?
0: I like to think that I am. Uh, you know, I'm a blood donor. I, you know, I don't I don't generally I don't as much as I need to clean out my closet, um, but that being said, a lot of people um, are stuck at home right now, uh, and as you get stuck at home, you start becoming so uh, stir crazy that you think, oh, God, I might actually clean my house, um, and so the Daily Hive put out a list of places where you can donate you know, your lightly used clothing and household appliances. Um, household items, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, on the flip side of, you know, the lucky folks who are able to stay at home and still have a job, uh, there's an equal, if not greater number of people who are stuck at home without a job right now. And the need for donations is higher than ever right now. You know, you look at the food bank, if you have, you know, this is going to be time for me to plug the food bank, please donate to your local food bank. People are in need right now. Uh, you know we're starting to get jobs back but you know not nearly at the rate where we can you know safely say that you know you don't need to worry about it anymore donate to the food bank and if you need to you know, have any extra clothes left over uh, household items uh, the zero waste center uh, in Vancouver which is kind of right down by uh, the marine drive Canada line station it's where a lot of the big trucks go to dump uh, their recycling uh, you can do- you can drop off uh, clothes household items furniture all of that can be reused and recycled uh, big brothers you can also drop it off with Big Brothers. Again, uh, they even have a pickup service. That's actually been uh, suspended for now. But you can sign up for an alert, and they'll be able to tell you, hey, we're doing pickup again. So if you've got a big couch that you can't move, they'll be happy to take that off your hands when they can. Um, a great uh, place that I think more people need to know about is the Downtown Eastside Women's Center. Uh, they provide food and clothing and a safe space for women and children uh, who are you know, affected by violence, homelessness, addictions, poverty. Um, Right now, they're actually at capacity, which is excellent to hear, which is that's what I want to hear. Uh, but they accept uh, clothing and toiletries throughout the year, so the need doesn't end right now just because of are capacity. Uh, you can go to their website and find out when they're taking more stuff. Uh, the Wildlife Thrift Store, this is in Marpole. Not a lot of people know this one. Um, it's kind of right at Granville and 70th, right where those brand new towers are with the Safeway. It's across the street from that. There's a little thrift store there, and they're also taking donations Uh, You can leave donations at the door, even Um, you can even leave them. uh, They've got a Granville Street location, or you can leave them at the front table in the Granville Street location. Uh, And one more uh, location that I'm happy to plug here is the Developmental Disabilities Association. Uh, They actually have a a pickup service right now, a free pickup service that has a few drop off locations Uh, and all the funds they collect from clothing donations and all that stuff are put towards uh, providing programs and services for over 1800 people uh, with developmental disabilities and their families in Vancouver and Richmond. So again, those are some great places to if you've got any extra clothes kicking around that you realize, oh, maybe I shouldn't have bought that one Um, or I was going to wear that to the beach, but I haven't gone to the beach yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, Drop them off there. You know, there's so many great places that you can help, you know, your fellow community out uh, in in the times that we have right now. And, you know, even beyond just listening to me tell you where to go. Just go online. Where can I donate my clothes? Right, there's plenty of places in Lower Mainland beyond the the locations that I just named right there that'd be more than happy to take your stuff.
1: The the need for everything just never ends. There's there they're never overstocked. I've never I've never uh, come across a place or a, a charity that says you know we've got too much. Uh, don't bother. So uh, some good points, uh, Andrew. One of the things you mentioned that uh, a lot of these. Uh, Charitable organizations, drop-off uh, organizations, they're now picking up again. Uh, was there a time, I, I don't recall, where they had stopped picking up during the pandemic and now have uh, resumed picking up? Because I think that's large for a lot of people. I've got this over here, but it doesn't fit in my car, or I don't have a car.
0: Yeah, so the the one that I mentioned is Big Brothers of, uh, of Vancouver. Uh, they do have a pickup service, but because of the pandemic, it is on hold for the moment. Uh, So you can you can contact them. They've got a sign up system where they'll alert you like, hey, our services are resuming. Feel free to, you know, let us know. But the other one that I mentioned that is doing pickup is the Developmental Disabilities Association. So if you've got something bigger or you know like a big box of stuff, feel free to let them know and they'll be able to you know help you out with uh, figuring how to donate uh, what you have.
1: I'm one of those people that during the crisis uh, went down and really cleaned out a lot of stuff. You know you do spend a lot of time. It's it's amazing how much stuff you accumulate even over the past year. And you think, well, oh, am I going to wear that? No, you haven't worn it in two years. You might as well give it away. I'm also fortunate that I've got a Salvation Army drop-off within walking distance. So uh, whatever predicament you're in, please remember that there's always someone in a worse predicament that needs some of these items, uh, whether it's food, uh, clothing, or blood, as Andrew mentioned. uh, It's a good time to uh, donate. And we'll be back with more of Vancouver Consumer on CKNW in just a moment. I'm Manny Bazunas. Back in a moment.